This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk Details. If you want longer ad-free episodes, even earlier, then head over to lmtpod.com to find out how to subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details, a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. This is a space to break down the big picture topics and, well, get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. As ever, Sam Lee, the Athletic City correspondent, is with me. Hello. And we're also joined by the former City defender, Nader Manua. Hello, sir. Sam, what are we talking about today? We're looking at the specific comparison between Erling Haaland and Harry Kane that was doing the rounds in the last couple of weeks, and if Pep Guardiola invites the us-against-the-world mentality at City, and if so, how effective has it been? That's all to come. It's also a platform for you to get involved, so we'd love to hear from you. Email hello at lmtpod.com if you've got any questions, thoughts, or general ponderings about City or football. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at lmtpod, and on TikTok we're at lmt underscore pod as well. Remember, this is the free version of the podcast feed. If you'd like longer ad-free versions earlier, then head to lmtpod.com for information on how to become a member. So first thing that's been um, bugging a few fans recently, uh, Nadem, the comparisons between Kane and Haaland. Uh, the Premier League tweeted out uh, a comparison of the, uh, of the two players' stats and all the City fans basically saw it and went... Like it was, which one would you rather have? And it's like, well, obviously it's Haaland. Yeah, um, I was upset about this as well. I'm going to be ranting on this one, so I apologise to everyone in advance. Um, Why do you think they're doing the comparison? Why do you think that is? Genuine question to the group. Probably because because the numbers were very similar, but it didn't say the minutes. So Kane's played like what 700, 800 more minutes, something like that. But the numbers are very similar, and I think the kicker and the argument. I only saw the City quote tweets. I didn't see the replies from other fans or Spurs fans or whatever. But I think the argument would be Haaland is in this team that's at the top of the table, creates loads of chances. Mm. Kane did it for a struggling team, changed manager a couple of times, and he's still got all these goals. Would Haaland score those goals for that team? I think that's the that's my devil's advocate 
that's what the debate's about. So you think if it was the same... He's got for, his phone out. If, He's got his phone out. Yeah. If, if Ivan Tony was the one who scored the 30 or whatever, do you think we'd be doing the same comparison? Oh, uh, I know I know where you're going with this, but it's, it's possible. But, but not likely. <laughs> it's not as likely as the Kane one. Harry Kane, to me, is like a darling to a lot of people. And maybe some of it's because he's at Spurs and so on and so forth. And it's like a case of they feel really bad for him, say he deserves more, deserves this and so on and so forth. And he's a very good player. He is a very good player. He's a very good finisher. Oh, he's doing it for Spurs. Like we talk about Spurs, like they've just been promoted from the championship or something. You saw the um, the stat when City scored that thousandth goal under Pep. You saw the other teams that were second and third behind that in terms of total goals that have been scored in that same time. It was Liverpool, and then third was Spurs. Yeah, Spurs are a team that scores goals. Spurs, then by definition, to score goals in the Premier League are like a good team. Mm. Yeah. So they've had a down season this year, and the striker scored thirty goals. For me. If a striker scores that many goals and a team struggles, then maybe there's something else and maybe he could have scored fewer goals and something could have been different. Because then, if he scored 20, does that mean that they'd be in the bottom half? If he scores 15, does that mean that they go down? Well, probably not, because then maybe there'd be more involvement. And as you look at the goals, the 30 is obviously very significant. Harry Kane, this great link-up guy, has got three assists. What Three assists is the lowest in the top goal scorers until you get to 11th. <laughs> the phone comes out. Until and... you got to 11th. Haaland's got eight. Tony's got four. I know Haaland's twelve. I know Haaland's number is more in a season than Skulls ever got. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Which we don't need to talk about that's them. A we don't need to talk fact. about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rashford's on five. Wilson's on five. Watkins on six. Martinelli on five. Like, there's more. To, there's more to the game of football than just somebody that scores a ton of goals. And I would rather my striker scored fewer and the team did better. And there are lots of strikers. In fact, maybe there aren't lots of strikers, but I definitely know one striker who would have taken less goals as long as his team's winning. And it's the one who goes nuts every time his team scores, and that's Erling Haaland. So I don't like this energy at all. And it really frustrates me because it's like this pity party for Harry Kane, who's exactly where he wants to be. He's literally exactly where he wants to be. He's the captain of Spurs. He's playing for his team. He's the top goal scorer for his team. And even like, I don't know the guy, but all the chat, chat around him like makes me not like it. I really don't like it. It's like I don't like him because of it. But I don't know him. He never says anything. It's like a, I've got this like. Yeah, you've got nothing against him personally, but it's the against, talk. I've got nothing against him personally. I think he's a very good finisher. But the talk around him, like, why are they saying he's had a better season than, than Haaland? Haaland has got a Premier League winner's medal at the age of 22. Harry Kane has got 30 goals and his team's gotten worse. You're the captain of your football club. You need to take some level of responsibility for that. Because you look at the years gone by for City you can see I'm deeply passionate now but the years gone by for City where like you hear the stories of like Fernandinho bringing everyone together bashing their heads together saying we've got to do better we've got to do better so Harry Kane scored those goals but has he failed as a captain because his team's eighth well that could be a conversation except why are we not having it because mm. it's not Harry's fault you know Harry scores against Newcastle and they lose was it 6-1 or whatever score it was and then after the game he's like he was telling Sanchez and other people to go and applaud the fans and I read somewhere, oh, shows his great leadership. If Sanchez tried to gather everyone else to go and applaud the fans, he'd be getting hammered. They'd be telling him to um, do one, you know what I mean, politely. There'd be some words, yeah. Yeah, he's, Harry Kane is free. <laughs> Nearly made you swear on it. Exactly, Harry Kane is free. I don't think I've ever heard Nadem swear. You know? Yeah, Harry, or... football probably. Harry Kane is free to be whoever he wants to be and it's never going to be his fault. And that's not his problem. That's the way some people perceive him. 
he's 29 years of age. He might be 30 this year, possibly next year, whatever. If he was supposed to be somewhere else, he'd be there by now. But instead, he's exactly where he wants to be. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I, you know, if I'm wrong, I'd love if I was wrong. I won't be surprised if he signed a new deal this year and said, I'm, I'm really happy about staying here and finishing my career here at Spurs, the club that I love more than anything. And if that's who he is, let him be that. Don't talk him up and say, like, everything's great. And yeah, like I say, scored 30 goals. If it wasn't for him, they'd be lower. No, 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 no. That's not the way football works. He's the captain. He's the leader. He's supposed to help the team get better. Yet still these 30 goals have made the team. The team he's scored 30 goals and the team has gotten worse. Should Shearer have left Newcastle? Shearer's had a Premier League title. People forget that. Shearer's a Premier League winner. If he wasn't, Could have different won. conversation. Could probably have won more then. Could probably have won more, but then also with that time at Newcastle, everyone knows he's happy. Yeah, and that's his thing. Yeah, no one. Yeah, that's the thing. Fair play. Fair they're, play. They're not talking yeah, about yeah. it like he was held against his will or whatever. And like he made, he obviously chose to make that move home, but he was home and he made no bones about that. Yeah, if within football there are certain things which feel a bit more objective than others, and one of them is that Real Madrid, like you know, they're top two, top three football clubs in the whole world, and they're going to need a number nine next season. If they, if if think of how many strikers around the world could field a call from someone for Real Madrid and say, we're interested in you. Like, how quick do you think they'd be at the airport trying to get over there? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's instant. But I bet if you think about Harry Kane, you'd probably, like, be more curious about it. And you'd probably say, oh, maybe it's because he's so close to that goal record for being the top scorer in the Premier League. And should that be the way that your striker feels? If that is true, then you think, no way, it shouldn't be. Exactly. So if he's like that, be like that. If he comes out and says, I want to get the record, I want to stay in the Premier League and get the record, fine. But then just treat him like that. Mm. That'll be interesting. If if Real Madrid try and sign him this summer and he rejects it, that will come out. Like People will know that. Like That mm. will come out in Madrid. Yeah. And I mean, it could well come out in London too. But that will come out in Madrid. And that will be very, very interesting. And if you Hypothetical. Get, you, but... you would get the feeling that Spurs would want that known. Yeah. Um, yeah how about this though? Even if he, if well, he, might not even know, and I could be completely wrong here, and I hold my hands up because I don't know him. I don't know the situation, but I'm very passionate about this. If he comes out and says no to Real Madrid, there will still be people who say he made the right decision and who try and justify it because Real Madrid are going through a transition. They won't. They don't know what the future is going to look like. It's going to be this. It's going to be that, and so on and so forth. Because there are people who will defend him to the very end. He can do no wrong, and when I just want consistency. That's all I'm after. Like, treat everyone in that same sort of fashion. A captain of a football club that's failing is criticised, rightly or wrongly, but Harry Kane is not, and he's celebrated. How can you celebrate his season of 30 goals when his team has finished eighth with the same players they had the year before when they didn't finish eighth? How's that fine? Why are we putting his stats and say how great a season it was? Like, is it about the individual accolades? Or is it about this team sport that we all take part in? You know yeah. what I mean? Nobody's, nobody's saying what a great season David De Gea's had for winning the Golden Glove. Yeah, he's getting hammered. He's getting yeah, dogs he's, abuse. He's getting hammered, David De Gea's yeah. getting dogs abuse and he won Golden Glove or whatever. Getting hammered. Like, what are we doing? Hmm. Kane would be unreal at City, though. What's that? Kane would be unreal at City, though. So that's, that's the hot the take chance, then. Though, that's the hot take then. Really good players would be really good at City. That's the hot take. Because you can say Kane, you can say any player you want. Try and picture, yeah, try and picture a really good player that wouldn't be really good at City. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm <laughs> I know, but, you've said, but, you've made it spe- but again, you've made it specific okay, to Kane. Okay, wait. Is, is there one? You've made it specific to Kane. Who's the top, who's the top player in football these days? Take- is Gareth Bale still playing? 
he's retired you don't need to talk about him but yeah think think of what what you're saying like again even that missed the point no you said you said you said he you said harry kane would be great at city he would be. Well, but i'm saying that because obviously he would be yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah i'm but, just trying to like redress the balance a bit i don't want to be on spurs no no twitter no. going no but, it's not, dicks, but, it, but the thing is though it's not really like a spurs fan can feel exactly how they feel that's fine it's their club that's their player but it's people from the outside who, ha- who spent like half the time hammering spurs and half the time praising kane like kane isn't at spurs like what yeah, we yeah. do no i get it that's, it's so weird. It knocks me off. Like it's so weird. I hate it with a passion. But yeah, that's my. That's come across. Yeah, we can tell. Yeah, sorry, I calm down now. No, 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 don't. So Gareth Bale. <laughs> he's retired. He's he's very successful. You know. But yeah. Oh mate, I want to see him play for Wrexham. I w- no, that's not gonna happen. No, I want to see. But... And I think I want to see speaking... Vardy go to Wrexham. By the way, imagine. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, chatter in some of the group stuff, group chats I'm in. It's like this football one I'm in. And we were talking about Harry Kane. I'll, this message was being delivered, but it was delivered from a point of frustration because he is so good. Like, if you hear me saying he's no good, that's just know that I've like been drugged. I've lost the plot. It's clearly bollocks. He's, yeah, he's very, very good. But it's the way people talk about him, mm. yet in comparison to how it appears that he is, the two things don't marry up, which is what frustrates me. He's so good. Like when he was initially linked with City from a couple of years ago, I was like, "Yeah, great, bring him in. That'll be fantastic." Because lo and behold, he'd do well at City, but then he didn't, and I was like, "Hmm, something's off there. Feels like something's missing." You know what I mean? Because for the, all the years, well, it was we spent, missing, wasn't it? Because they did, they did that. He didn't go to training. We spent the entire summer talking about that transfer with and kind of like where it was at and what the developments were and and the thing you the thing you kept saying was City are confident that he's that he well they kept saying yeah they kept saying like the Kane and like his brother who was the agent kept saying like yeah it'll be fine it'll be fine and like but like there was loads of different people at City like in different roles and near the team or whatever not necessarily in the board who were going to like sanction the deals or like pay the money. Or have the talks, but people around the club, and he kept saying this is going to happen. I remember we talked to De Bruyne, but in terms of something being off and it not happening, it didn't come back to training. That was put out there from his people to journalists. He's gone on strike. Yeah, but like you know, in that kind of in the shadows way that it wasn't. There was no statement from Kane. Yeah, and then everyone said he's gone on strike, and it kind of snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And I think like maybe the next day, but if not the next day, which would have been a Tuesday, it would have been the Wednesday. The same. People who'd said he's not gone to training because he was a strike were saying, oh, no, no, it was just like this. There was this misunderstanding about COVID tests and whatever. And it was like, were you telling? They weren't telling me because I'm not part of that conversation. But it was like, if I was in that conversation, you were telling me this is this. And now you're trying to change the narrative. And basically, there was that massive blowback because this was, this is my step as Harry Kane to get this move. And it's, I'm going on strike. That moves it forward. That shows where I am. It shows where I am to everyone, including Daniel Levy. This is what's happening. And then when it looked like, Oh, he's forcing an exit, which obviously it's going to look like if you're yeah. doing that. Didn't like it and completely rode back on it. And yeah. for the rest of the summer, everything was just quiet yeah. from that camp. And it was just kind of, there was no element of forcing his way out, doing what he could or whatever. And look, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that from a city point of view, you should, you know, you should force your way out and come to my club. But it's like, if you're going to do that, yeah. you can't then get spooked immediately yeah. when people know what your game is. Like, to, do you want to do it or do you not? Yeah, to this day, he's exactly where he's wanted to be. Like things might change in the summer, but he's been exactly where he wants to be, because like you can't both say like the chairman is holding you hostage, but then we also live in this era of player empowerment. 
where the players can just kick up a stink and then like get get kicked out, or whatever. If you if he leaves Spurs, lots of people and goes to like a United City, or whatever. Lots of people won't like him. Who cares? Because you're still playing for a team that's trying to aspire to do something. It's, you can't win stuff, really. You can't go to a club like that yeah. without being disliked. That was the thing Grealish had to yeah, go through, exactly. wasn't it? Like, everyone loves Grealish because Villa. It doesn't really matter. You, yeah. There's no pressure on him to do stuff. As soon as you go to City, booed everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But like, who cares? If you're getting booed, it means like you're significant. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, if people don't know who you are, then you Now he's got two Premier Leagues. FA Cup. Just like that. I would argue. Someone else, maybe. Yeah, I would argue that uh, Kane forcing his way out of Spurs and coming to City as well. Probably not likely to get booed everywhere. Still, the England captain skill. No, still, no, 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 dial it back, you. Dial it back. <laughs> He's a hundred percent getting booed. One hundred percent getting booed. Also, also, like he'd be he'd be on the other side of this debate. So if he scores like thirty-two goals for City this season, and anyone else in the Premier League gets it, they would. Uh, it is different because I think where you were coming from is because it's, it's the love that he gets because it's Kane. Yeah. But I do. But there is that element of if you go to City and you do something good, it doesn't matter because it's all yeah, it's, it's all easy. Yeah. So if Kane does that, he's automatically part of it. Oh well, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really count. Like the real achievement is Rashford scoring that many goals yeah. in a struggling United team or whatever. Yeah. When a when a a foreign player at the age of twenty two comes to a league and finishes top scorer, but the talk is about the person who's been there for the last ten years <laughs> yeah. and the England captain scoring six goals less than him, fight like seven years older. Like, some we've got to ask a question like, why are we doing this? And it's only, it's only him. Someone else could have posted those same numbers, but I think if it wasn't him, it doesn't get the same coverage. And that's what I don't like because he does have a certain... Again, people will be thinking, I've lost my mind here, but like I've got no issue with Kane, mm-hmm. the person. I think Kane, the player, is very good. But all I hear is people talking about him in a way which doesn't marry up to what his career has been to this point. And that's what I hate more than anything because mm-hmm. it's relentless at times. Let's pause for a quick ad break now. When we return, we'll be asking if Guardiola invites the everyone hates us, us against the world attitude towards City. Back in a few minutes. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Let's take this from uh, Sam Nugent. Do you think Pep and City as a whole invite or like the no one likes us, we don't care attitude that's come into play over the past few seasons? I think the example of you're so nice is pertinent when Pep often starts a presser by saying something cryptic or suggestive of negativity or criticism without being asked. Then it will bite at further questions. Does it help the team to think people are out to get them in the media, in the UEFA or the Premier League? Seem to remember it being lauded when Sir Alex Ferguson or Mourinho built that kind of mentality and Pep has come a long way from biting at Mourinho at pre-Classico when he said, in here, the press room, Mourinho is the fucking boss. There are people, I think the, the club itself influential people at the club they've had certain experiences with people at other clubs like people from UEFA or whatever and then that's led to a certain feeling like in the boardroom um even you you talking about Nathan you talking about how Kane is covered Mm. and you got no problem with Kane you got problem with the coverage yeah I think they, they got problem with like how Liverpool get covered for example and then that starts to leak out into some of the stuff that comes out more more publicly. 
And then obviously Guardiola's been there for like seven years, like firmly embedded in it. I mean, my feelings towards football have changed, not like not being embedded in City to anywhere near that extent, but like being around it is different. It changes your perception, it changes your views. Guardiola's been in that and he's seen it. I remember there was one example, the eighteen nineteen season. It wasn't that late, late in the season, but it was obviously when they won the 14 games and they Manchester derby. So it would have been about... I'm not sure if it was as late as April. But, it was end of March, start of April yeah, time. But it yeah, was, it, was, it was getting there. And then there was something on Sky Sports News like the next day or like the Friday, even maybe like two days after. And it was, should... I don't know, but it was like a City player. Should a City player have been sent off for this foul on a United player? But that was the game when Fernandinho got injured and yeah. that's why Gundogan had to fill in more at holding midfield and that was from a bad tackle I think he had two maybe I think Fernandinho got two in the first half and Pep was like walking through the CFA on the way to a press conference maybe and he saw it on the screens he stood and watched it and he was like okay well uh, presumably they'll talk about the Ander Herrera one on Fernandinho and it never came up and he was like oh well what's going on here and I think like kind of I don't know if the seeds had already been sown before that, but that I think that was definitely a, a, a kind a of a blossom, part of yeah. something that was like, oh okay, this is and he's been there for two seasons by then, like that was the third. So maybe, you know, there must have been some seeds already, but definitely then he was like, Right, okay, this is this is something. And then yeah, with the you talk about that Burnley double take when he talked about was it the eight clubs? Yeah. Did it expand to ten at some point, or maybe it was just I can't eight? Remember, but he, he I think was, it was nine, yeah, was it nine, nine. This time? That he mentioned, or it, yeah, I think after the Premier League charges, there was ten he mentioned but before it was eight, and they'd written to Cass saying, "Don't let City delay, don't let City drag out their appeal, and therefore let themselves play in the Champions League next year." Like, in the hurry that yeah. hurry that appeal along, so they're banned now. But City did actually want to do that appeal as soon as possible. But these these clubs wrote that letter to say, "Don't let them do this," based on. I don't know, their own fears or or maybe just closing off potential avenues. You know, we talk about City and delaying tactics now with the Premier League charges. I guess that was the Premier League clubs doing their own way to defend their position mm. of don't let them delay this appeal. Do it now. But City, they didn't want to de- delay that appeal anyway. So when Guardiola goes back to that list and all this kind of stuff, he's obviously got the element of why like these clubs, they want what we've got, the Champions League. And that's why I think he double, did the double take on Burnley. Like, under no circumstances are you getting it. Maybe they will with company one day. But it's, it's it's just all those kind of things. And I do think over the years, right, definitely now, you know, that um, that siege mentality thing is definitely there. It's been a big part of this season. And we saw when City won the league and they put out that video on their own social media channels and on Sky Sports as well of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and the team talks. And it wasn't obvious that it was from that period. Like, it didn't say... They weren't in, like, a dressing room uh, an away game around that period where they got charged by the FA. But... It was when Guardiola was like, everything you've done has been on the pitch always. And he goes, I love, I love this club and I love you. And you can just tell that that must have been around. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was before. But that must have been around those Premier League charges. And, and that, if we're talking about like, cultivating a siege mentality within the squad, that is part of it. Because it's, it's just this constant you know, perception that everything's negative. And Guardiola's even saying now... We 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 know what we've done in all these years, but to win the Champions League, we we need to win the Champions League to get this credit. He doesn't say this, but from you, it's like it's not inside. They don't need to win the Champions League for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's like we need to win it, so you give us credit. And it's just there, there's always this perception that outside, probably a true perception in a lot of cases, with the Champions League, that's one thing. But the other thing is, 
oh, you've you've just won because of cheating or too much yeah. money. Even even if it's not cheating, it's oh, well, you spend more money than everyone else. But Guardiola's always making that point that we do it on the pitch, and he, that's part of what we're talking about. That's it. He says it all the time. You know, you know nobody gave us this. We've earned this. Mm. And there's always a spin there as well of yeah. referees isn't there yeah. where he's always like oh that's just another reminder by the way nobody's given us anything this yeah. season in terms of decisions yeah I think I think he's right that his perspective is a great one and with the charges or without the charges whatever like you still need to go and do it because people want to have the link between say the money or like some corruption and how it leads to success like Barcelona's PR team might be in a tough position if the thing with the referees over there comes into play and you look at the things that they've won. Then all of a sudden you're looking at games like, oh, did this happen, that happened? That's that's tough. But even that might not be real. But from City, it's just... I. So when this documentary comes out at the end of the season that shows this full City season, I think if they win the treble, I think it'll be amazing because it will remind people that it wasn't as clean cut as everyone believes it was. And there was a lot of passion that was being delivered. I think around the turn of the year, something's not right, something's not right. But maybe something wasn't right. But for other teams, you just get told that you're out of form. It's not like this over-the-top analysis. Then the charges thing came and everyone was joking about that, dunking on that, saying it's this, saying it's that. And people were excited to hear that first press conference of Guardiola where he's going to come out and say that he's going to leave because City lied to him. Yeah, that was mad how that was massively taken out of context. That yeah. whole week it was, oh, well, he said, oh, if they've lied to me, he's not couldn't have been leave. more excited about that. Here yeah. we go, he's going to come and do it. massively wrong. This is a crumble of it. Oh, and Cancelo's left. You can see the club's a mess. It's this, that, and the other. And they face so much scrutiny. And I think it's because in the grand scheme of things, City and success, they're still new. And the rise to that point is very, very fast. And it's not one of those teams that have been incredibly successful in most people's lifetimes before that. And it's right there. And the people that they recruit, like in some places, this will be perceived as like a good thing. But they try and recruit the best, whether it's management players, they try and recruit the best. But for this, oh, it's not nice that you guys are just doing this. It's just cheating, it's cheating. And say if they win the Champions League um, against Inter Milan, I can guarantee there'll be stories that will run that will detail every penny that was spent for them to get to that point. And they'll say this was the cost of the Champions League. And it'll be every signing across the last 10, however many years, as if that was the sole focus and nothing else mattered before it. It won't detail how how much money other teams had spent in that time and say PSG has spent and not managed to win it yet. This is how much it costs. That's the headline. That's it. I call it now. This is how much it costs Man City to win the Premier League. And it won't be championed in the way that other things will be. And because it's come in this season where the charges are now out there, I can guarantee you someone in their mind now is putting pen to paper or finger to key to say, after this game, Mr. Guadalupe, congratulations on this success. But how do you think this will be affected by the charges that are still to be decided in the coming days? So it will never be a sole football moment because the scrutiny that the club face and he faces is so, so high all the time. And they hear it. I thought that little thing that they did after they won the league was great. I, I thought that was a really good video. Get a chance to see behind the scenes, but then hear those voices. I hear that. You hear that. Everybody hears that. There's been so much criticism leveled at them. I can't say whether it's overall definitively more or less than others because I don't listen for other people's stuff. But it's there. It's strong. And they're a big talking point. And people take more strength in seeing them struggle than sort of have a conversation about them just being good because they're only they're only good because of X. Mm. Well, maybe the the X that you think it is is to do with the way that the players are coached, the recruitment in which they've gotten spot on, the desire of the players, the individual talent of the players, the understanding of the football club and the identity that has been set. Like as 
Frank Lampard leaves Chelsea, saying Pochettino, saying to Pochettino, there are a few things that aren't right with the club culture-wise and so on and so forth. The culture at Man City is as good as any place on planet Earth. Mm. And that's got nothing as such to do with the money of it. It's the way that they've decided to build the situation that they're in. But you can't have that conversation with the people because it's very linear. You have money. If you are successful, it's because you had money and that led to the success. Yet still, Chelsea have spent however much money in the last six months and have got more players than like most flipping, well, two squads combined in some situations. It's frustrating. And City winning makes my job a bit easier, but I still have to address other things when it's not going well because they want to talk about those things more so than just like, oh, the players are doing well. And I and sometimes it's passive aggressive when they say, oh, of course they'll win this game. Of course they will. Mm. Like, that's not football. It's not how it works. That's literally not football. But it's like, yeah, they'll, they'll win that. That'll be easy. That'll be this. Well, we'll get that for and the as, final. And as they say that, and as they say that, it's because in the back of their mind, they want it. They want City to fail because then it's a bigger story. So they're not saying, I hope you lose. They're expecting you to win. Mm. Because then if they, if, they, if you expect something to happen, it happens. It's not good. Yeah. If you expect something to happen, it doesn't. That's the story. So just listen carefully to how people talk <laughs> about it because it will say a lot. Yeah, no, people say that a lot. I've never really bought into that. But yeah, I mean, in some cases, it's bound to be true. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Just think this this was a season where Harlan apparently signed for the wrong team. Just remember that. That was a thing that was actually said as like detailed analysis. But still, here we are. And, the, and this season where we were talking about touches, how many touches does he have in a game? How many touches? Like, mate, who cares? Like, if he's doing his job, who cares? What's the foundation with the touches? How many touches is he supposed to have? And if there's no answer, then why bother about how many touches he has? Yeah. What's, what's the deal? Is it, and normally it's a problem with the other players. Like I remember when last season, when City beat Chelsea twice, it was, they were both just 1-0, but they absolutely battered them. And there was one, it was like, oh, Lukaku just had eight touches in that second game. I always remember thinking, well, who are we supposed to be laughing at here, Lukaku? Or like the team the for team not, for not getting the ball to that, And that's yeah. the thing. So after that um, that Bournemouth game at the start of the season, when he had, I think he had, Harden had eight touches in that game. And that it started to become a, a talking point then. And Guardiola's always been like, oh, the touches don't matter for, for various reasons. But he has said since, and also they did have a, like, a, like I don't know if it was like a big team meeting, but it was definitely something that was said in a team meeting after that game, the first home game of the season. We've got to find him more. And that's been something they've been trying to work out all season. But again, that's not a reflection on Haaland. It's a reflection on the team and, the team and, and, the how, setup and, and how they've tried and the to find it. Yeah. But like we've been talking all season, that is a process that's ongoing. And they're still, they're better at it now than they were but they're still, they have still got a way to go. And that'll be something to keep an eye on in the final as well. Like, yeah. If you're trying to be cautious or just a load of control, loads of um, loads of passes, and then the run's on. I remember that Spurs away game was a good example because you can imagine Pep saying, especially at that point of the season when he was changing the team around and De Bruyne didn't play it, or and like Rico Lewis played left back, all this kind of stuff. This is Spurs. We know what happens at Spurs. Keep the ball. Like, don't give it away stupidly. And then within 20 seconds... Bernardo can play the ball in behind to Haaland and he, he doesn't. doesn't and yeah. you just think that must be difficult for them because Guardiola is obviously been saying all season play the ball to him when it's on but also you can just imagine him in the changing room before the game or don't give the ball away stupidly keep the ball and like if, if you're Bernardo Silva okay ideally you'd be like well make the right decision at the right time but if you're thinking this is 20 seconds in if I do that thing that Pep doesn't want and then they're counter-attacking straight away or if, if I'm doing the thing that isn't necessarily right for the game I can, can see why he took set the, the safe option yeah. just instead. But that's been the kind of balance they've had to find. And yeah, going to the intergame at, 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 the, at the weekend, that will be interesting just to see what that balance would be like. But yeah, the Haaland touches thing. 
again, people are just always looking in the wrong direction. It's like, oh, well, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. But there's some games, like, I remember the Leipzig away game, he didn't have many touches, but you could see he was very clearly occupying all their defenders, but yep. other players to work around him. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, a, that'll be a thing for Inter. I mean, the, ult- the, ultimate, the ultimate overthink would be to not play Haaland because they're going to mark him so tightly. So just take, like, mess with Inter's plans, play Foden as a false nine, um, and just go back to the control and do it that way. I mean, it's literally never going to happen. But just the whole thing about the Inter game is just finding him or making use of him, even if he's not touching the ball. So instead of taking him out of the team and putting a false nine in, you're just making sure he occupies maybe three defenders. And then, I don't know if it's towards the end of the game, Alvarez comes on. Or maybe if we talk about De Bruyne's role, maybe De Bruyne is one of those games where De Bruyne is playing really off him, or at least in certain moments. So if he's occupying them and the ball gets in there, De Bruyne is just coming and picking it up on the edge of the box and doing whatever. Mm. Just imagine Guardiola at a window with the uh, screaming, ha, 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 yes, with sickos on his, uh, on his shirt. What were those talking about that? Yeah. No, I don't think he'd be very happy to, to, hear, to hear me talking about his tactics at any point. Um, siege mentality. Um, how effective can that be? Depends if you're good or not. <laughs> Is it as simple thing. as that? Yeah, essentially. Everyone says we're shit and we are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, when, you know, listen, I'm obviously in a different situation, but I've had times before where my fans are singing how bad we are and like, crap, can't really fight it. We're like three down out of time. Yeah, <laughs> we're pretty bad. But I think the siege mentality can be there, but I think it probably exists within individuals anyway. Like, City have been successful. So when they're not and they're receiving criticism, it seems like people are enjoying them, like, not doing well. There's a sense of personal pride in those players. They have that ability to, you know, to, to want to step up and to know that they can play better. And that's ultimately why they're always, they always feel like they're in and around it when it matters the most. Because you can doubt them all you want, but you have no control over it. It's the same way, like, we're trying not to jinx them on the weekend. Like, do you think they care when they're on training pitch tomorrow? Like, we're, oh, but, you know, the LMT boys, they were saying that, you know, Inter Milan have got this great switch of play. Like, they know it's in their hands. They can consume whatever media they want. They can hear the criticisms, the praise, whatever they want. But they're the ones that are on the field. Mm-hmm. And they have a manager on the sideline who fully believes in them and can help them through most situations, either through instruction or giving them that key moment of freedom when it matters the most according to how they see the game. And the players aren't all brand new. A lot of them have been there for a long time. Like, it's, as I say, it's not, it's not novel. Being criticised isn't novel to them. This is it, like, what Gundogan's been there seven years. Mm. De Bruyne's been there however many years. These guys have won five Premier League titles, this many League Cups, and so on and so forth. Like, nothing really rattles them anymore. And this goes into a point I made on a different show about how, like, I can't see big groups of them playing badly. You know what I mean? Like, just because they know who they are, so you can criticise them. But still that same group. And most of the people I hear of... Most people I know who speak within about that group say it's a great bunch of players. Yeah. Say it's a really good bunch of staff. Say it's a great place to be. And that goes beyond just winning the games every single week because without that element of like camaraderie, togetherness and so on and so forth. Community, yeah. Yeah, then it does, there's nothing else on the field. And I suppose that comes from the identity of having people who've been there for a long time because as you arrive, like, say, picture the difference between something that's been organic as cities have been across the last, say, seven years compared to 20 players arriving at Nottingham Forest in August. Mm. Like, who's the leader? How does it go? What do we do in this situation? How do we figure this out? They got better for us as the season progressed. But at the start of the season... But they're working those things out as the season goes on. Yeah, it's like you go from 20, 30 individuals like Forest were to look at City where everyone's part of the collective. Oh, Chelsea. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Chelsea's probably the better example because they've got better players within that. Mm. Everyone deems, thinks that are good enough, but now you've got at City people who are disappointed not to play, but I think pretty much everyone there bigger picture. But also, it's like this yeah. is how it's handled. It's like, oh, you you're not happy about playing? Join join the club, lads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the only thing we can do is train hard. Otherwise, he's yeah. not going to let us back in. And like exactly. Look at Jao Cancelo. There's that kind of thing. Like, exactly, there, yeah. there is that established culture there. Yeah. Um, little update on the jinxes and superstitions thing, by the way. I did do the left leg first thing. Did you? Played better. So now I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Only takes one case and then everything changes. <laughs> eh? Fancy that. And that's it for episode five of Let Me Talk Details. Thank you very much for listening and for getting in touch. If you'd like to send in a question for future episodes, you can reach us on email. Hello at lmtpod.com is how to do it. Find us on Twitter and Instagram as well, at lmtpod there. And on TikTok, we're at LMT underscore pod as well. Sam, there was more from this episode for uh, members. What what can members hear? Yeah, we went through City players from the past who would possibly thrive under Pep. We were asked to do a 1 to 11. And I think we possibly did a subs bench as well. Yeah, so if you'd like to hear that, then you can sign up. All the useful links are in the episode description and you can find them as well on lmtpod.com. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.